Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 9. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Happy March, y'all. Rabbit, rabbit. Oh, that's right. We're still doing that. What do you mean we're still doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck charms exist forever. What kind of comment is that? I have a confession to make, actually, about oh, no. Rabbit Rabbit. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone who's ever listened to us since back in the day will say Rabbit Rabbit, Rabbit Rabbit. They tweet it to us. It's all over Facebook. Yeah. And I just pretend to know what it means or remember the moment it happened, but I really don't. I have no <laughs> idea. I do not remember the origin story, and I just kind of smile and nod. <laughs> That's okay. I don't really remember the origin story, but I do know that it's supposed to grant you good luck. Okay. But you have to say it on the first day of the month, or else your month is going to be shit. So maybe okay. you're the reason uh, why... That explains a lot. Yeah, maybe you're the reason why Trump is president, and the Oscars screwed up Best Picture, and... Right. Yeah, I like how those are on like equal, like <laughs> playing ground for uh, you. Yeah, yeah, I am still <laughs> shook from the Oscar moment. <laughs> I I had never people use the phrase "shook" all the time, and I had never truly experienced the meaning or wanted to use the word "shook" until that moment. I was truly shooken. It was it was a shocker. God help us all. <laughs> Oh, Learning these are examining the millennial contract, trying to figure out how they can push me out of the show. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I, you know, I have to say, rabbit, rabbit, to wish myself good luck because I got a pretty busy month ahead. Um. I actually have some exciting news. What? Following? You're pregnant. No, no, not that. Um. Following last week's episode where we talked about. Me and my mouth and dying of tooth disease or whatever the hell you get. I have scheduled an appointment with a dentist. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is happening? It's true. It's happening. Uh, once I get back from London on March 13th, I believe it's happening. Do you know what time it is? I want to be praying for you oh, as it's happening. <laughs> yes, I have a countdown clock. It may as well be a death countdown clock. 9.45 a.m. on March 13th. I'm sauntering uh. over to the dentist's office. It, it's the day after I get back from London, so I'm hoping I'm so jet-lagged and exhausted that I'm not even processing what's happening in my head. I just walk over to the dentist and you know, take a nap in the chair while she works on my mouth. I feel like this should be recorded. <sighs> I feel yeah, like bonus content. Somebody <laughs> should go with you to the dentist <laughs> and record the entire conversation, the whole procedure. Well, um, I'm already bringing somebody, but it's to hold my hand. So they're they're going to be occupied comforting me while while the dentist works. When I'm scheduling the appointment, the 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 woman is like, "So how long has it been since your last appointment?" <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, like three or four years." Yes, you three or four years. Dirty liar. <laughs> They're going to know the second they look at your mouth. No! Don't do that. Don't no! tell that. Oh this God. is the worst fear. <laughs> I, I do take care of my teeth. I brush and mouthwash daily, though I will say I was examining the inside of my mouth closely the other day, and I did notice a tooth in the back is, uh, it's got some cavities. I'll just put it that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's happening. Thank you to everybody for talking me into it. And uh, you, you better all hope it goes well, because I, I need this mouth to do this podcast, so. <laughs> and other things, but yeah, <laughs> mostly the podcast. Uh, well, I hear well, sucking he dick need, without he teeth. He doesn't need teeth, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about blowjobs from people with only gums. <laughs> Gum jobs. Yeah. Gum but jobs. But then if you have all your teeth taken out, you start having bone loss in your jaw, so you don't want that. Oh, great, great. More, more <laughs> to worry about. Um, actually, it's it's been a pretty exciting week for you two. Has yeah. it? <clears throat> yeah, it has. What happened? Let me tell you what this shit did. <laughs> so, my birthday um, was last week, and uh, I, <laughs> Laura flew up and surprised me for my birthday. 
I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and uh, I have to, you know, thank my boyfriend a little bit for it because I think that he was in cahoots with her. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I was just in my room. I thought that my boyfriend was coming over to take me somewhere for for my birthday. I knew it was a surprise, but I honestly thought we were going to Dave and Buster's. That's what I thought was happening. But turns out I opened the door. He's standing like 10 feet back from the door with his camera pointed at me. And like, what the fuck are you doing? And then from around the corner, Laura jumps out and screams, surprise, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And your first Um, reaction was, I'm not a patron. Yeah. He's like, I didn't sign up for this, but okay. (laughs) Uh, I was I was shocked, honestly. I, there was there was a moment a few days earlier where I had thought, oh, my God, is Laura going to surprise me? But the moment was so fleeting. I immediately wrote it off. And, and, and I really wish I had now. I really wish I hadn't. But I was I was shocked. I, I was like sh- physically shaking for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, and so Brian and I coordinated this for like a solid couple weeks ahead of time. Um, just like doing things to try and throw you off the scent. Like I signed up for a couple of events on Facebook for the day for like Saturday <laughs> to make you think that I was going to be here in Atlanta. Um, I actually turned the Wi-Fi on my phone on on the plane and started texting her wow. being like, oh, I just went and like looked at this condo downtown. Hey, look at these pictures <laughs> to like make her think that I was just like driving around downtown Atlanta and everything. <laughs> And she was like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, oh, fucking nothing. And <laughs> and she and I was like, what about you? And she's like, I don't know. Brian's going to surprise me. And I was like, yep, it's the butt stuff. Um, <laughs> she promised me butt stuff and didn't fulfill that promise. But we did go to Dave and Buster's. We did, weirdly enough, we did end up at Dave and Buster's. I guess that's true. <laughs> I thought that's all it was going to be. I thought he was going to come and like pick me up and be like, surprise, I filled up your Dave and Buster's card. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> hey, I mean, but, that's pretty good, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So what do you yeah. do? What, what else did you do? Oh, dude, we got fucking trashed. <laughs> Both yeah. nights. We got trashed. We were up until 4.30 in the morning both nights, mm-hmm. which is something I can safely say I haven't done in many years. I'm way too old for that shit. But Laura and Brian actually chugged a giant fucking beer tower at Dave and Buster's. Oh, I love that. So Yeah, we did. We got one of the 100 ounce ones. Yes. And just chugged it down. This was after having had a couple of beers each prior to the tower Mm -hmm. so we were pretty drunk and then we get back to elise's apartment and she's more sober than we are and she's trying to force us to drink water (laughs) and we're both just like little children we're like no (laughs) no laura who's like physically slurring by the way laura's like no i don't want like I don't want water. It might be water from Flint. I the water has lot in it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's pretty me. much. And what were you drinking while they were drinking the beer tower? Uh I'm drinking wine. The classy bitch I oh, am. Oh my you're 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 the oldest of, of you, you're your boyfriend and Laura, right? Um actually I am, yeah. yeah I'm no older than my boyfriend, but only by like a few no wonder you're you're the one who's least sober drinking wine okay i was hammered to be fair i (laughs) i i pounded almost i pounded all right we had two bottles of wine no it might have been three bottles i don't remember yeah at dinner you two split three bottles of wine okay it was see it was three and i don't remember the third one because i just plugged it into like my stomach (laughs) <laughs> and pumped it indirectly, but uh, and I have to say I drank most of those three bottles myself. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, uh, I'm just really proud of how this went. I feel like Elisa and I are BFF goals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You want to pat on the back or something? We're all jealous of your great friendship. Yep. You should be. <laughs> Less for the surprise and more for the butt stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Elisa, Especially by the, the way, surprise butt stuff. Elisa, by the way, is the first person to ever use the phrase pounding wine. What is that? <laughs> pounding wine. She'll show you. I'll show you the butt stuff, too. 
I'm going to pound something this weekend. Some buttons on my new Nintendo Switch, hopefully. Elise, are you excited for the Switch? Uh, eh, I, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I'm excited for I'm going to get it, but I'm not, you know, like in line at midnight excited for it. Yeah, well, that's probably going to be me. I, I, I didn't pre-order it, and I love the excitement around things like this. And I'm not like clamoring for it, but the, the console just looks awesome. The fact that you can, you, you, you play the exact same game in the same resolution, beautiful HD graphics, whether you're playing it on your TV or on the go. So I'm really excited to try that out. Of course, I'll get Zelda and I'm actually going to London that night. So I would love to, I would love to get the system and then take it with me on a flight. That would be really fun to try on the go. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have the patience to, to camp out for hours just to get one of these things. Though on the other hand, I kind of want to buy one and then flip it on eBay because I'm one of those terrible people that likes to do that. So I'm very excited for it. And, uh, maybe I'll have an update next episode. Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> There's a tease. Shh, listeners don't know we stopped talking about this 10 minutes ago <laughs> okay all right so actually right now we're gonna jump into some listener feedback throwback edition because we're joined um by z and ian and they're here because you guys might recall that a couple episodes ago we had a confessional on the show from someone writing in confessing to being transphobic and we read it out loud and we gave sort of our thoughts on it, but we thought that it would be best if we heard from actual members of the transgender community. So Z and Ian, welcome to the show and thank you guys for being on. Thank you for having us. Yep. Thank you. So, all right, Ian, you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself really quick, where you're from, what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Ian. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, I am currently from Wisconsin, but I'm in the process of moving to Michigan. Um, I identify as a transgender man, and I run a not-for-profit program called Gender Outfitters, which supplies bras and binders to trans and non-binary individuals who either can't afford or safely access them. So oh, I'm involved in wow. a lot of activism. Yeah, and it's it's a really great thing, and I've gotten to talk to a lot of other people who identify similarly as me as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Work. That's awesome. Yeah. And to All right, Z, how about you? Cool. I'm nowhere near as cool as Ian. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm for real though. I I'm Z. I live in Minneapolis and I use he him pronouns as well. Um I also identify as a trans man. I'm kind of like new to this, like not that new. It's been a long time coming. Um but overall, it's like a, a new thing. And by the way, I, I'll share anything just because like I want to, not because I owe an explanation or any trans person ever owes an explanation of their, you know, mm -hmm. their identity or whatever, just for for the record, of course. Um, right. And Ian, I'm sure is same, just sharing it oh, because yeah. we, we want to. Um, for sure. So I like uh, am currently pre-hormones and pre-any like medical transition, but am very close to starting i'm like two weeks away so it's really exciting oh. um so that's fun uh and yeah i i'm a student right now i'm studying kind of like a, a build your own major that i made that's mm. a mix of classical music and creative writing so oh <laughs> yeah i'm graduating this semester so i'm oh, congratulations oh, nice yeah thank you very yeah, congrats <laughs> excited to be done with being an undergrad mostly oh yeah it's a good feeling <laughs> yes okay so you guys remember uh the confessional that i referenced earlier right from the listener who wrote in saying that they felt they were transphobic yes, yes. yeah so i guess uh you know z we can start with you what i guess what were just your initial thoughts or if you had any advice for that person um or just how you felt about it in general yeah so I wanted to say, like, first of all, that the, to echo what you guys said last or when, whenever it was, um, that the fact that this person kind of came forward with this and was like, I'm transphobic and how do I stop being transphobic is like, go you. That's a good step to make just in mm -hmm. general person. Um, and I think that's really the first step to like 
not being transphobic is realizing that you have prejudices that are internalized and like everybody has internalized things against anybody and like i even have internalized transphobia that i have to train myself out of and i'm sure that most trans people do um and so i think really that's a first step and then like listening to trans voices and like explanations that people have which i'm sure we'll get into some sort of like analogy i'm sure that either me or ian has some sort of thing we can share um but yeah i think that's really important is to seek out diverse voices and listen to what people have to say and believe them right mm-hmm. take them seriously right yeah okay ian yeah i think initial reactions on it definitely like it always hurts when you hear somebody that feels transphobic and maybe doesn't have the right words to express why they don't understand something but i felt a lot more comfortable and very actually happy for them that they were willing to recognize that they had that prejudice and that they were struggling with that issue. And it made me definitely want to, you know, step up and say like, Hey, I'm a trans person. And you said that you want to talk to somebody. So Uh here I am. I'm willing to have that conversation. Yeah. Good for you. So you do think then you agree that having conversations with members of the trans community is like the best first step to take. Oh, for sure. At least I think that if if somebody is willing to answer the questions and is comfortable enough in their identity, it's the best way to get the answers that you might be looking for. Right. So I think we kind of had a similar thought, too, when we were talking about the confessional. But I guess the question is, you know, it's it's hard to find someone to talk to. You know, it's not it's not like you can just like pull up. Um, you know, your contacts and then just find somebody if you're if you're not already friends with someone um, from the trans community, of course, it's hard to it's hard to find someone to talk to you about, it, especially to talk to you about it openly, someone that you're, you know, you can talk to your prejudices about. So. So what do you what would you guys recommend then? It, how, like, would you still recommend just what finding people listening or is there something else that people can do to be more? empathetic and engaged i think there are some really good resources online if you don't know someone in real life who is trans which spoiler alert you probably do some know someone who's trans they just haven't told you that they're trans Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like if if you don't know someone who you might be comfortable enough having that conversation with or you don't know if they are comfortable having that conversation there are some good like documentaries and um just online resources that are good like i could go find some at some and send you guys some to share um yeah and i also think that like for people who are in um like around schools especially like you know if you can search out for like queer student unions or um you know talks that people are giving like lectures at schools Mm -hmm. that a lot of them are open and available to public so you don't have to be a student to go and like just really trying to surround yourself by or with people who are saying things that are different than what you believe or is really helpful right yeah i definitely i would concur with that as well um the internet is an awesome resource and no matter what you do you're going to get mixed views on any opinion when you're looking on the internet but for me when i was first coming out youtube was a great resource because there's a lot of trans video Mm. bloggers that will share their experience and talk about how they came to terms with things and at least for me it was super eye-opening because looking at them i could see myself but also for other people i know that don't know a whole lot about the trans community it's a way for them to hear those firsthand experiences without necessarily needing to know somebody who's transgender right that's a good point i never would have thought of youtube but i i'm sure there are a lot of videos like that up there and and speaking of the coming out experience would either of you be willing to share and maybe this will help people understand it how you either of you came out to somebody you know how you explained it to them to help them understand and help them accept it yeah Um, yeah do you want to go first i don't care (laughs) but i I can go first yeah that's fine um i guess when i first started coming out the big thing that i had to realize and explain to people was that it was going to be a transition for all of us while i was coming out and transitioning to 
who I really am, which is a man. There are also the people around me who knew me beforehand and had to also transition their thought process on how to address me, how to view me. And it, it definitely was a process. I mean, my dad still struggles with my pronouns sometimes, but he's definitely accepting. My grandma, after I'm almost three years on horm- hormones now, and she only just started being accepting in August at my wedding. So it's wow. it's definitely giving the people around you time, but also knowing as a trans person when you kind of just have to let go of people because sometimes they just don't come around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume you've had to do that. Let yes. go of a couple people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, some of my extended family was definitely not so cool. And quite a few of my old high school friends were not as well. Um, for two years, I went to a uh, Dutch reformed uh, Christian high school and pretty much oh, all but two of those friends like completely just disowned the fact they ever knew me. Yeah, oh, God. I'm sorry to hear that. But on the other hand, I, I can't imagine that people maybe down the line, once they evolve on it, they will realize, hey, maybe I uh, should reach out to him again and say, oh, yeah, I'm and, OK. And now. more often than not, that's that's kind of the experience is people who were kind of like on the borderline, didn't totally understand it, didn't totally want to accept it, did eventually come back around. Like there's Good. there's a lot of cool people that took it as a learning experience, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that just gives me that just gives me such mixed feelings. Because on one hand, like, well that's great. I I'm I always love stories where there's like personal growth and you have your eyes open. I just it just seems like it's at your expense you know like you have to go through you have to go through like emotional trauma so that somebody else can like stop being a (laughs) bigot i don't i I, i'm so i'm sorry to like i i don't want to like i don't know these people i don't want to like call them like a horrible name and i'm not saying that they're terrible people just that some of their views clearly were small-minded and yeah and just it i just can't imagine like how much that sucks and it's it's tough, but I guess the way that I kind of grew to look at it was, yeah, I had to go through a lot of the pain, but if I can change one person's mind and like help them learn, then I did something better for the world. Yeah, and then for sure. Z, you are a b- saint. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Z? The the coming out and yeah, so I like I started coming out last fall um, to my friends first, and then. Um, eventually came out to my family. I have a trans woman in my family on my mom's side <clears throat> who came out like three years ago. So knowing how the rest of my family react and act around her was really, it was really good. Like everyone is super wonderful. Um, so that gave me a lot of hope and like I knew it would be okay, but it didn't make it like by any means, <clears throat> excuse me, it didn't make it by any means an easy thing to do. Of course, like coming out is always difficult. Um, and I came out to my parents, um, sort of like separately, my, my mom in December and my dad kind of earlier, I think in January and my dad, I think speaking of people who like need to do their own research, my dad, it was really great. And he, when I came out to him, he kind of said like, I don't know. I felt like he had Googled what to say when your child comes out as trans and like (laughs) said it exactly because it was, it was amazing. He was like, um, you know, I never want you to feel like you can't share something with me, but you also like, don't ever owe me an explanation. And I was like, damn dad, good for you. Wow. Um, that was really, really great. And, um, but I also want to say the exact same thing that uh, Ian said that like it is a transition for those around you too and my mom is like kind of going through her own experience of like losing who I was and kind of you know re figuring out who I am yeah. and how to like reconcile that and so that's like you know she's also really wonderful and accepting and like is 100% on my team and will advocate for me um but like it is always going to be a learning experience for those around you. And it does suck that it has to be at your expense. Um, but I, I agree that like overall it's nice to have a, an optimistic view on it, like that you are helping change the world for the better because you're making people better. So yeah, that's nice. What do you guys think are, what do you think are the most common or egregious misconceptions about being trans? 
<laughs> I know. I, I I know this is like an hour long show, and you could probably talk for you know a week, but it's <laughs> I still want to get your thoughts. It's on series. Um, I I get into a lot of like Facebook comment fights that I know I shouldn't get into, but um, I think one of the things I see there a lot that I try to like kind of educate people about is um, when like the bathroom bills or things about, about like a uh, transgender athletes are in the news. Um, a lot of people, you know, like to say, Oh, there's like a girl wants to play on the boys team or something. Um, and like, so I go in a lot and I'm like, well, actually, it's a boy who wants to play on the boys team. So that's like one of the the really big things that irks me. And also recently, um, there was there's this um, transgender athlete from Texas. I don't know if you've seen this in the news, um, but he is on, a, on the wrestling team in high school and the state won't let him play on the men's team, even though he oh, is yeah. taking testosterone. And so he has a physical advantage over the women, but he can't compete against the men. So like, because they are pigeonholing into this, him into this team, he's like forced to have this advantage that people get mad about him having this advantage. And it's, you know, it's kind Mm -hmm. of this big cluster. And so that's like been getting a lot of attention and people are very confused about what being a trans man means because people are saying like, Oh, why is this? they're assuming that he's a cis man and saying, why is a cis man playing on the girls team? He needs to get back to the, the, the men's team. And I'm like, yes, he does. He should be on the men's team, but not for the reason that you, that you think he should be on the men's team. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's another thing I'm seeing a lot recently, but there are many others. And Ian, maybe you've got some. Yeah, yeah definitely do. Um, yeah. Like you said, you could go on for days about misconceptions, but I think um, a couple of the big ones are, um, one is that everyone thinks that transgender people have to follow the same narrative and that's not true at all. Like not every trans person knew when they were little that they were transgender. It took me Mm -hmm. until I was about 20 to realize that there was a word for why I felt different and I didn't start coming out until that point. (laughs) Yeah. And then from there, not every transgender person needs to go on hormones and there isn't one surgery fits all. If people are electing to have surgeries, there's multiple stages. You can choose not to have surgeries or go on hormones. It's it's totally up to the person as to where their dysphoria and where their self-vision lies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge misconception is that every trans person has to fit this cookie cutter mold and take every single option possible so that they can fit a route that somebody wrote out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think... And like- Oh, sorry. Go oh, no, go ahead. No, oh, I was you just going to interject that like that route doesn't exist. You know, there are very few like medical um, suggestions from like big medical powers about like what we should do for transitioning. You know, like there are these suggestions that you should be on hormones for a year, maybe before you have surgery. But like a lot of doctors don't do that, but some doctors do. And so it's like there isn't a formula to follow, even in a medical regard. Mm-hmm. yeah not even close and yeah sorry to yeah, interject I, you should finish no your it's cool no it's perfect um because i think on the same hand it also goes back to if you're looking at being transgender as a medical issue which i think is part of where the conversation of the individual who wrote in came down to if you're talking about chromosomes and things xx and xy and anything in between because there's more chromosome combinations than that doesn't determine your gender by any means in fact it doesn't always necessarily determine your sex characteristics Mm -hmm. so it's gender and sex and everything in between is so complex that when people have the misconception that it's so easy to fit people into a box like i've never had my chromosomes tested to know exactly (laughs) what i am and like now that i've been on hormones genetically you may not be able to tell exactly what my chromosomes are so it's it's definitely like a odd misconception that it's easy to define medically when it's really not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's something that we've kind of gotten into on the show a couple of times recently is th- this idea that gender is a social construct and that we've been for a very long time inappropriately tying gender to whatever you have between your legs. 
Yeah, would, would you do you think that that's also a big part of the misconception? Oh, I yeah. Do agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I also think that sex, to some extent, is a sociological construction, at least in the way that we assign characteristics based on sex and chromosomes. And so, like, the expectations that we have based on sex still can also be socially constructed just like gender is. But I think that that distinction for a lot of people is just not something they know. You know, I've been in, like, a sociology 101 class, and there are the guys in the class who have never heard of the difference between sex and gender. And, like, that's fine. They're learning. But, it you know, you takes a while to, like, figure that out, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I'll step it's up a and say topic. that. <laughs> yeah. I'll step up and say that up until the last couple of years, I never considered them to be different. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it it's ignorance on my part. It's It's never having been in a position to have this kind of discussion. I think a lot of times my hope is that people, that most people aren't transphobic or at least that they're not outwardly trying to be assholes. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that's an experience that I can't speak to. Well, <clears throat> speaking of assholes, let's talk about Trump for a moment because I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on um, him rescinding the guidance uh, for trans students. Now, I think we did talk about this on the show, but for any listeners who don't remember, um, President Obama had uh, handed down guidance for public schools that basically said, here's what, here's how you should approach, you know, transgender students in your school and it included a bunch of guidance on how to uh, approach the bathroom situation in particular. Uh, and I think most people said, most people, uh, most members of the trans community especially said it was very helpful. Uh, and Trump just completely unraveled all of that. He took it back. So now um, there's been a lot of outcry about this. What do you two, Z, Ian, what do you guys think about about that? How do you think it's going to impact students? Or do you? Or maybe you think it's been overblown. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's scary. <laughs> I mean, I will say that for sure. I don't think it's been overblown, but I also, um, if you guys have seen the interview um, with Laverne Cox about it, I think she puts it really well that um, it's not about bathrooms. Like it's about, I think she says like, it's about trans people and their right to exist in public spaces. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really, really puts it well because you know, like, yes, bathrooms are very important and it's a huge anxiety of everyday life for me, even though, um, fun fact, Minneapolis was one of the very first cities to put in city ordinance that anybody can use the bathroom that they would like to use. This was back in the seventies. Oh, wow. They just slipped it in there. Um, nice. but even, even though like I can use whatever bathroom I want to, and no one's going to be able to get mad at me. Like I still don't like to. You know, I will hold my bladder instead of going to the bathroom in public just because I get anxious about it. Um, yeah. And it's like bath bathrooms are a really big deal. But so is like just w what people think about trans people in general. And I think that's really what this is about here. I, I would I would say I saw that interview that you're referencing and. And she also said that she she said it's not about bathrooms the same way it wasn't about water fountains, that it mm -hmm. that it really had nothing to do with the water fountains themselves or, you know, or not having access to water. It was a harbinger of equality and of, and of as, as you said, being able to exist in the, in the, in the public space. Yeah. And um, I've never heard it put better before for me that really helped i mean i already was on you know the the side of 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 obama and the guidance but mm -hmm. i that made it click for me in a, in a civil rights kind of way in a civil justice kind of way i the the analogy between the bathrooms and the water fountains while completely not perfect at least made me see it through like a civil rights lens um ian did you have thoughts on on this too yeah, I think everything that's been said so far is spot on. It's it's basically the bathroom laws regarding students is not necessarily about the bathrooms, like you said. It's 
about protecting the students that don't get legal protections otherwise. And that's why it's scary because there's so much more bullying that goes on around LGBT people in general, but especially trans people and using the bathrooms as a scapegoat to prevent them from feeling safe in a public space is where this taking away of laws to protect trans youth is terrifying. I I know a kid who's in high school who before that law was in place, he was in the bathroom. Um, him and his friends were in the boys' bathroom, and they got hauled out of the boys' bathroom and told they could only use the nurses' bathroom from there on out. They were hiding in the bathroom because they were getting bullied in the lunchroom. Mm. Oh god! So there was nowhere for them to go that was safe. And obviously, not a whole lot of the bullying got changed by having that law, but they were at least allowed to go and use the bathroom. Right. So it's it's seeing what people do now that that's taken away from them. I also mm-hmm. right, right. Well, I also think that some of this, some of it has to do with just seeing the person leading the country, the person in power, uh, leading by example. And I think that if 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 the person leading the country is making small minded policy decisions, it sort of excuses it when it happens on a state and local level. It sort of makes it okay. Yeah. So. In li- I don't want to interrupt. Andrew, do you have something? Yeah. In light of Trump's decision and other battles recently, what are both of your feelings about transgendered rights in the near term and long term? How do you see this playing out? Is is this going to take decades, years? I I think it depends. I think it really depends on how much longer Trump can get away with saying terrible, hateful things before finally somebody says, like, enough's enough. And I feel like that's going to come eventually. Like, we're already seeing senators and congressmen saying, like, this isn't really what I signed up for. And having people saying that is going to help our rights, even if nothing's changed. Simply knowing that there are people who don't totally stand behind him makes a difference. But I, I do think transgender rights are going to be a continuous battle for several years to come to say the least Mm -hmm. absolutely i really couldn't put it better so then i guess my last question for you guys is what how can we help how can anybody help like what would you recommend to people who want to be allies um i think don't talk over trans people and try to amplify voices of trans people. Um, Like you guys are doing that right now, having us on the show, you're amplifying our voices. Um, I don't think that was weird voices. It's fine. (laughs) It's a word. (laughs) Voices. Um, Yeah. I think really like that's so incredibly helpful. And I'm like, you know, social media activism isn't everything, but it's something, um, you know, sharing news and like real news, since we've got lots of real news in this country, despite mm-hmm. what our president thinks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's that's really helpful just to amplify others. Yeah. And I, I think don't be a bystander. Like if you see whether it's on Facebook or whether it's, you know, out in public, somebody harassing a trans person or saying negative things, just being that person saying like, Hey, enough's enough. Like, I don't want to hear that from you can make a huge difference to a trans person's life. Like you don't, you never know who's around and there could be a trans person there to hear it. And it could make the difference between them having a really horrible day or knowing that somebody is out there ready to like stand up and fight. Like, don't let it just be, words have it be actions to be an ally mm-hmm. yeah no, well yeah. that's powerful i agree okay is there anything else laura andrew um ian do you want to plug your gender outfitters whether it's the website or the facebook page yeah sure um you can find gender outfitters at genderoutfitters.org. um we're also on facebook and twitter twitter is at gender outfitter because it was too long to put the S <laughs> and it's facebook.com slash gender outfitters. So yeah, just hit us up. Um, we do have a Patreon as well. We're just starting trying to get it going, but 
not a whole lot of stuff going on there yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, while we've been talking, I've been checking out the website. It looks it looks great in the Facebook page. So, well, thank, thank you. you both. This has been very educational, insightful. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yes, thank you for having us. Best definitely back ever. Yeah, definitely Aww. just an honor yeah. to sit here and listen to both of you. Yeah. Wow. Thank, thank you. you so much for sharing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Absolutely. Like it takes like serious, like serious like courage to step up and be like, Yeah, this is my experience, especially in today's environment. So like like kudos to both of you for everything. Um, and I hope it's okay. Like if we have any other questions or want to hear from you guys in the future, we maybe we'll bring you back on because I'm sure this issue is not going away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. All right. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. Seriously. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Great. Great talking with you. Love you. Love you. Oh, <laughs> love you guys too. Love you. Oh, guys, rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, oh, thank rabbit. You. Oh, <laughs> Don't worry. We, we hit on those already. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Elise is not a I fan. I had to make but sure. Understand. <laughs> thank but, okay. you. I need the good luck this month. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Goodbye to you both. Bye. 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 All right. That was great. That oh, was great. I love them. Yeah, they were both very sweet. Really well spoken to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. This this took up a good portion of the show, but I'm glad it did because I think it was really interesting. Um, let's move on to Trumpster Fire now. <laughs> Monster fire. All right. So this is something I'm not even sure has gotten all that much press. Um, this week, President Trump signed another executive order. This time it's repealing the clean water rule. And I think it's worth explaining what this means and why it's such a big deal. Um, first of all, the Clean Water Act was established in 1972. And basically what the Clean Water Act does is exactly what it says. It prevents pollution in mass from entering navigable U.S. waters. So, for example, one of the big accomplishments of the Clean Water Act was that developers, for instance, house developers, uh, can no longer just dump whatever waste they have in the river. That's not allowed. And if you want to dump waste in a river or a stream or what have you, you have to get a permit first and it has to go through the EPA. So you have to have a really damn good reason for polluting. And you also have to talk about, you know, how you're going to mitigate the effects of that pollution. So that's basically what the Clean Water Act does. This impacts everything from our fisheries to our drinking water, for that matter. The EPA has a, a map up on their website, or they did rather, showing the number of households that get their drinking water from the very streams and rivers that are protected by the Clean Water Act. So it's a big deal. It's not just, you know, let's hug a spotted owl. It's also this is what keeps America's drinking water safe and clean. The Clean Water Rule, which is what President Trump just rescinded basically defines what navigable waters mean. So the Clean Water Act said, you can't do this, do not pollute. But the Clean Water Rule defined where you can't do that. So what is water? Are they talking about just ponds? Do you mean streams, estuaries? How about a puddle in the middle of the road? Like, mm. how, like to, to, to what kind of water does the Clean Water Act apply? And that's what the clean water rule did is it made it very clear how it applied and who could do what. So basically it made it enforceable in a nutshell. It made the clean water act enforceable. And by rescinding the rule, it's kind of no longer enforceable. It exists. It can be enforced, but instead of the EPA being able to, you know, uh, to jump in at a moment's notice and say, Hey, this is a fucking estuary. You can't dump that here. Now it's going to be a months or years long process to stop pollution. So in the meantime, people can kind of just do whatever the fuck they want until the EPA can go through all the bureaucratic hurdles. So this is this is pretty fucking bad. And I think that it's I think it's particularly embarrassing considering what's been happening in Flint, Michigan, what's still happening in Flint, Michigan, by the way. 
they still don't have water. They still don't have clean drinking, <clears throat> excuse me, clean drinking water. Right. And that's this, not the government narrative. No, the government, the government narrative is that they're fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's ridiculous. In fact, they're in the news again today because the state is ender- ending the water subsidies to Flint. So they're going to have to start paying more for the water that is still not safe to drink. It's insane. And it kind of raises the question, okay, so if the clean water rule makes the Clean Water Act enforceable, why would you rescind that? Who does that help exactly? It's certainly not your average everyday citizen. And the answer is it helps special interests like developers. So the people who are putting up like giant housing developments and construction and what have you. That's just one example. It helps them. Because now uh, they can kind of dump whatever waste that they have left over at the end of their development in the water. They don't have to dispose of it properly. They don't have to recycle it and they don't have to get a permit. Now they can literally just like drive their trucks full of waste to the nearest stream, river, bay, pond, whatever, and just dump it. And that's fine. And now the Clean Water Act says it's not fine, but again, like without an enforcement mechanism, what what good is that? Yeah. So, so that's I I I don't know what else to say about it other than this really should drive home the point. If other things haven't, that the Trump administration really isn't for the little guy. No. Like he ran on this populism platform of I'm going to help the middle class. I'm here for like the American dream. I'm here for the average everyday man. And, but his policies do the exact opposite. This is going to, this helps no one except for the special interests who just want the ability to pollute without having to pay for permits. That's really all it does. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's really upsetting between this and the rising temperatures we've been seeing recently, Antarctica today hit a freaking record high of 63 degrees. We're watching the environment just be been, be taken away from us. And, uh, you know, stuff like this is really worrying and upsetting. <sighs> Buy water filters. Y'all are going to need them. It should just like, this is one of the best examples I've seen of like, listen, guys, the environment isn't like for the hippies. <laughs> Like you fucking like you depend on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you like literally can't live without it. So get your shit together. Yeah. We're going to be talking more politics in After Dark today. Laura and I are going to be discussing the not state of the union. So patrons, those who pledge on patreon.com slash millennial, you can hear us talk about that today. Speaking of Washington, two people still living in Washington. Barack and Michelle Obama have signed away their upcoming memoirs, their their post-White House memoirs. They went in on a deal together. They're doing separate books, but um, their deal was packaged together for some reason. $60 million the books went for in a, in a bidding war. They went to Penguin Random House. And uh, we don't know when their books are going to be released, but needless to say, uh, I think we're all very excited to read their memoirs of their days in the White House. I mean, I can't imagine Barack's. I hope he goes in on Congress. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want Uncle Joe to have a memoir that is just completely memes. Yeah. Like, I want everything to be a meme. Yeah, he should. I was... I was gonna say I, I was gonna say I hope I hope Barack's memoir is just a picture book of him and Biden together. <laughs> That'd be That's nice. it. It's just like it's just forty pages of pictures of him and Biden. Mm-hmm. No words. By the way, the sixty million dollar price tag, we don't know the exact price, but the 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 Financial Times says that the bidding war had reached sixty million, so it's at least that amount. Um this is the highest uh amount for a presidential memoir in history. No surprise, I don't think. Um, Barack Obama is very popular. People still love him. People will continue to love him, especially in this Trump era. I was actually looking. It took it took Bush about three years to get his out. So maybe we can expect Barack's and Michelle's around 2019, maybe 2020. 
We'll see. Some other news I wanted both of your opinions on. There were seven students suspended from a school and one expelled after this expelled student took a photo of a school administrator nude at a local gym and then circulated it amongst people. Um, One of the controversial aspects of this was that the school decided to take students' phones, force them to unlock the phones, and then look through it to see if they were one of the people spreading the images. And now these kids are upset that they were suspended because they're all applying to colleges right now. Do you think the school should have forced them to unlock their phones to see if they were responsible for spreading the photo? And should they have been suspended? No. Well, I mean, I I don't think they should have been suspended because I don't think that the school should have forced anybody to unlock their phone unless they had a reason to believe that there was something on there that was pertinent to this. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they were just kind of willy nilly going around and making people unlock their phones, which I think is bullshit. Um, They identified the original perpetrator, right? Yes, they did. Who was Okay, I think. Yeah, I think that's where it should have started and ended. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, fuck this kid for taking a picture of an administrator nude. That's just ridiculous. And now this administrator, I was watching the news report from the NBC Bay Area. They put this this photo (laughs) on air. They, They blurred out the guy's butt, but they put it on air. I mean, how embarrassing for the administrator. So That's terrible. How do they do that? Like, what's the point of doing that? I, I don't, I don't know. Curiosity. I mean, kids I, suck. Yeah. Yep. Kids anyway, really suck. One other random story here I wanted to share. So these Amazon has this product called the Echo, and mm-hmm. it's like a Siri, but it's always listening, and you, you put it in your phone, uh, your home. I actually have two of them. I really like it. I, I like speaking to her, especially since I live by myself now. Um. <laughs> Yeah, she's kind of my best best friend. It's it's sad. But uh so they made headlines right after Christmas because the police are trying to get into somebody's Echo. Uh they wanted Amazon to hand over the recording data to help solve a murder case. <laughs> so the police want to hear the the recordings from this Echo to hear I guess if the the murderer was being like, "All right, let's see. It's time for me to get my murder underway." <laughs> it just seems really bizarre. <laughs> but anyway, Amazon is saying, "Hey, fuck you." And I was hoping that that Amazon would resist because who's going to want an Echo after hearing that Amazon's willing to turn over all the voice data? I mean, I have right. two in my home right now that are listening to me say all this shit. I don't I don't want Amazon like there's a mute button on top of it, but who knows if it's actually not recording and uploading that data. So wait, I have a question. Is it recording you at all times? All times. All times. And the oh, reason fuck that. Why would anyone want one of those anyway? So that when I'm laying on my couch or I'm on the toilet or I'm sitting here recording millennial, I can go, Alexa, order me some new dog food. And it responds and it orders me the new dog food. It it heard me. Mm-hmm. It's talking to me right now. Ne- oh cancel that, God. please. Never mind. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's the convenience of it. It's like an always on Siri. And Amazon said uh, that the Alexa recordings are protected by the First Amendment. So I'm I mean, glad. I agree with them, but I also just don't know that I would want a device in my home that's constantly recording me. And then apparently uploading those recordings somewhere no I, I am super curious how much of this data is actually hanging around because like i've had one of these in my, in my apartment for a few months now like surely all of that all of those recordings are not sitting on an amazon server somewhere <laughs> uh, surely they are <laughs> probably are surely great. they are <laughs> great so what are they gonna what are they gonna hear andrew Oh, God. They're going to hear some sex. They're going to hear some tears. They're going to hear a lot of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, They're going to hear... Well, that's about it. A lot of one-sided conversations from all the podcasting. Right. They're going to hear me plotting (laughs) four or five murders. Uh, Well, that doesn't surprise me. Wow. Yep. (laughs) I fucking knew it. (laughs) 
anyway, I, I, I was, I, I was alarmed that this story came out days after Christmas because Amazon actually sold out of these devices. They, they couldn't keep up with demand over Christmas. And, uh, I, I think it's a great product. So I'm excited to see it doing well. But at the same time, this would have really killed Echo. <laughs> oh, for sure. Anyway, uh, I think that's about all we have. I did want to offer a recommendation for everybody to wrap up the show. Do you guys remember the series Planet Earth? Yes. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal, right? Yeah, I yes. loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was on uh, the BBC or something. It just offered gorgeous footage of the Earth and animals and how they interact with each other. So it's back. It's called Planet Earth 2. The name is kind of strange. Like, like there's a second Planet Earth. It doesn't really make sense, but... um. It's on, it's on, it's airing on BBC America right now. It already aired over in the UK. It is stunning. The, it's been 10 years since the last series and they've just, you can really see that they've taken advantage of the latest technology. They get so close to the animals and they show them interacting with one another in the most beautiful ways. I haven't looked at the making of it, but I'm assuming that they've been using drones and high definition cameras to get into where the animals are without disrupting them by having humans around because just what they are capturing is unbelievable. The best part is that the free, the first episode episode is currently free on iTunes. So I highly recommend that everybody check it out. You will not be disappointed. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's it. Programming note. We will, we will be off next week. We're going on spring bake, baby. Gonna get nice and drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show my titties. Elisa's gonna show her. They are nice titties. I'm hoping to lose the tooth that looks worse, worse, uh, before I get to the dentist, so she doesn't even have to deal with it, and I don't have to deal with the pain. I don't. What you want your tooth to fall out? Yeah. Well, like, I want to get really drunk in a English pub, lose the tooth, get in a fight. Somebody can punch it out. Well, if, if it's already decayed, it's far more likely to break oh. than just come out. Okay. That's even worse, though, because yeah, then that's you have to go get it removed. You know what? I don't, no, I don't, I don't need to hear this. I don't need to hear this. <laughs> but even though we are going on a spring break, we will have a bonus edition of After Dark next week. We're going to be talking about Laura's upcoming, and I guess mine, too, our upcoming high school reunions, because we both graduated in 2007. And Laura, you got like an invite to your tenure? Yeah, I don't know how these people found me. <laughs> So we're going to talk about reunions and the awkwardness of that. And I assume you don't want to go. Um, you would assume correctly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about this at After Dark today. Don't forget to visit our website, millennialshow.com. You can get the show notes. Uh, we will include a link to Ian's gender outfitters there if you want to learn more about what he's putting together. Um, I've been browsing the website while we were talking to them. It looks like a great... Uh, organization he's putting together and um please visit us on patreon patreon.com slash millennial you can pledge you can get that bonus installment in after dark this next week this week's after dark like i said we're going to be talking about the state of the union you get other benefits as well you get uh you get the monthly bonus audio you get hashing it out you get google doc access and no breaks and you get all of andrew's echo audio <laughs> Amazon will be dropping that in shortly, the end oh. of the month. Alright, I'm gonna have to speak to them and about yeah. my First Amendment rights. That's okay, Andrew. Assuming their servers don't continue to plummet in the coming days. That's true. They were down earlier this week. Yeah. They were. I couldn't talk to Alexa. I had to talk to my dog. Even more embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn, pay attention to me. Alexa now won't. Now, what's creepy is Brooklyn also records all your conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Brooklyn hears a lot of sex and murder talk as well, then. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm not sure why we're playing this outro song, but okay. We'll see everybody next week. 
or in two weeks <laughs> for episode 310. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Was that just because we tried to watch The Lion King the other day? And we couldn't. Why were you (laughs) watching The Lion King? She really wanted to watch it. And so, like, Disney has all that shit locked down. It's not on Netflix or any other streaming service. So she YouTube searched for it and we found it. And it looked like the movie. Like, it started out, like, with the opening and it played the whole song. And then as soon as it got to the end of that, it was like Disney copyright 2014. She was so pissed. I, I was so pissed. But I've had stuck in my head ever since then. And then Andrew started talking about um, uh, Planet Earth. And I thought, you know. Okay, I got it. Maybe it's related. You know what? Fuck you guys. You pick the next song. No, okay? that, that makes sense. Honestly, the, your choice. I don't know how you come up with these choices. They're always so good. Uh, like, I always struggle when you're gone. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to play right now? I can always count on you to have a link there. Oh, okay. Well, you're back in my good graces now. <laughs>